grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. How difficult would you find it to offer words of healing and hope when somebody has personally wronged you? I'm guessing you find it a little bit difficult because when you get hurt, your first reaction is to hurt them back or at least to avoid the person who hurt you. Maybe we're reluctant to offer words of healing and hope because they haven't done anything to show that they deserve our kindness. Well, why would we take the first step to make things right? And maybe, maybe there's a part of us that secretly enjoys having somebody else to blame and complain about. The Old Testament prophet Jonah had a very hard time offering any help to someone who had personally wronged him, to Israel's enemies, to the city of Nineveh. You see, the Lord had commanded Jonah to preach repentance to Israel's enemies so that they could be saved from the coming wrath of the Lord that they certainly deserved. And that was the last thing Jonah wanted. So he stubbornly ran away and refused until the Lord changed his mind by sending him salvation from a watery grave. It is this salvation shown to Jonah that Jesus himself references as a sign for his coming death and resurrection from the grave. As we look at Easter's empty tomb, we see how Jesus indeed has fulfilled the sign of Jonah so that we who worship our risen Lord today can burst forth and praise and think just as Jonah did in our verses. Because belongs to the Lord. And because it belongs to him, it belongs to us, his children. In case you're not too familiar with how Jonah was saved from a watery death, here's a quick review. The Lord's command for Jonah to preach repentance to his enemies was a tall order. Because the relations between Israel and the Ninevites... Well, that was as serious as relations today between Russia and Ukraine. Jonah did not want any mercy shown to his enemies. He wanted them to suffer the full wrath of God. And so he boarded a ship and he set sail as far away as humanly possible. And along the way, the Lord caused a horrible storm to rise up, threaten to capsize the boat and to drown everyone on board. Jonah knew that he was to blame for all of their danger. So he convinces the sailors to throw him overboard so they don't perish on his account. So they did. And so he sunk beneath the waters down to the roots of the mountains with seed we wrapped around his head. And as his life was ebbing away, he cried out to the Lord for salvation. And what did the Lord do? He sent salvation in the form of a big fish who swallowed him, kept him safe in his belly, and then spat him out three days later onto dry land. It was while Jonah was in the belly of that big fish that he prayed the words that we heard earlier from our first reading. Jesus uses this sign of Jonah with his three-day stay in the belly of the fish and later safe exit as his own three-day stay in the grave and later resurrection from the grave. We hear how in Matthew chapter 12, 
Jesus says, For just as Jonah was in the belly of the huge fish for three days and three nights, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. As with Jonah, so with Jesus. But Jesus gives this sign for more reasons than to simply show how long he would be in the grave. More importantly, to show how great he is. Because it's in him, our risen Savior, that we see how Easter is the truth, how salvation belongs to our Lord, and because of him, how this salvation is therefore ours. You see, Easter's empty tomb shows that Jesus did what he said he was going to. As Jonah spent three days in that fish, so Jesus spent three days in the depths of the grave. As Jonah left alive and well, so did Jesus leave the grave alive and well. But remember, this sign shows us how great Jesus is, not simply what he did. While Jonah was in that whale, he was alive the entire time. Jesus in that grave, well, he was dead. That was the price required for our sins. When Jonah left that fish, he would eventually die. When Jesus left the grave, he came back to life and would never die again. That's because he did what was required by the prophets, that salvation could belong to the Lord with his perfect life, sacrificial death on the cross, and then proving that it was paid in full by leaving that tomb empty on Easter morning. And what does this great one do? He takes the salvation that is the Lord's, and he gives it in full to his children, to people like you and me who celebrate today as the resurrection of their Lord. So that in him we have the Lord's salvation itself, forgiveness of our sins, peace in our soul, the promise of eternal life to come simply because of Jesus. But if we're being honest, in many ways what Easter is all about and the comfort we derive from Easter well, that is requiring a childlike faith. A faith that requires belief in what is just simply impossible. You see, skeptics are right to challenge the Bible's records of Jonah and Jesus. Who stays alive in the belly of a fish for three days? Who comes back to life after being declared clinically and biologically dead in the grave for three days? No one does these things. These things don't happen. Maybe you thought you caught yourself thinking this as you were preparing for worship this morning. Or what about what Easter means? Who's to say that we actually have the Lord's salvation? We haven't done anything to earn such a blessed promise. And you can think of plenty more people like I can who are humanly speaking much more deserving of it than you and I are. Besides, it's been nearly 2,000 years since Easter first happened. Can we be so sure that the benefits are just as true today as it was almost 2,000 years ago? But there's no reason to think such things. Easter is true. Salvation belongs to the Lord, and this salvation is ours. And why do we know this? 
Because Jesus fulfilled the sign of Jonah when he rose from the dead on Easter Day. Just listen to what the witnesses say of what happened on that blessed morning. An angel, as heard from our gospel, and plenty others on separate occasions, as we heard from our second reading. Consider how first century critics tried to debunk the empty tomb, not by saying that it wasn't empty, but how it got empty. Read about it in the Bible's inspired and scriptured words. To know this is God's own word and it is completely trustworthy. Look at Jesus' post-Easter appearances and to know that he's not a ghost. Oh no. He's alive and well just as he was before he entered that grave. You see, Jesus rose on Easter day. He fulfilled the sign of Jonah just as he said. And because he has fulfilled that, we see just how great he is. No one has beat death like him. No one has the blessings and benefits that he has from beating death. And it's with those blessings and benefits he makes Easter matter today, almost 2,000 years later. As he grants to us the Lord's salvation, and in so doing, he takes us from death to life. He takes our souls from death to life as he makes known to us the forgiveness he won on that cross and guaranteed with his resurrection from that grave. He takes our bodies from death to life with the promise of our own bodily resurrection and the guarantee of life forever in heaven. And unlike Jonah or our sinful selves who are reluctant to help those who have wronged us, that's not God's way. He's quick to give this salvation in full. He takes us from death to life simply because of his love, his grace, his mercy for sinners like you and me. To know that, yes, it's been nearly 2,000 years, but we have this salvation just as if Easter had happened today. How your sins are forgiven. How you have peace with God. And how you know what will happen when you breathe your last. Because heaven is your home. Jonah learned just how great and comforting it is to have a Lord with such salvation. He cried out in his distress. And so can we when we go to the Lord in our distress. Whether it's as severe as what Jonah went through when he was facing a watery death or something much more every day, know that your risen Savior is by your side. He won't turn a deaf ear to you, even if you have only yourself to blame for the trouble that you're in. No, he will listen to you. And he will respond as he knows for your eternal best. And because of that, you know what we can do? (laughs) The same thing Jonah did in the belly of that big fish. To give our praise and thanks to the one who has saved us from so much. I and Jonah struggle to show kindness to those who have personally wronged us. But that's not God's way. He is quick to give the salvation that belongs to him to each and every sinner who is his child through faith. We know that Jesus has this 
power, that the Lord has this salvation because of the one who rose on Easter Day and fulfilled that sign of Jonah, just as Jonah was in that whale, that big fish for three days, and then came out safe and sound. So Jesus came out of the grave alive and well. As we see what happened on Easter, we also see why it matters so much. For it's the great one himself who gives to you the same blessings he gave to his children in that first generation of Christians who takes you from death to life. Those sins are yours, forgiven. That guilt of yours, no more. That distress, the Lord's by your side. When death comes upon you, you got even better things waiting for you. And it's all because salvation belongs to the Lord. As such, don't be afraid to show your joy on this Easter Sunday as 21st century Christians. Because we know what is ours, and we know what has happened, that salvation belongs to the Lord. And because of the one who rose, that salvation is yours. Amen. Please stand. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.